Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer uh, for the Union Tribune. I am in San Diego. Jay, or I am in San Francisco. You know, Jay, usually yet, during Kevin. the season, Not I yet. forget what day it is. But uh, here we are, one series in, and I have the wrong city. Um, I'm ready to come home, evidently. Jay Posner is in, in San Diego. He's the sports editor, my boss. Jay, the Padres took three or four from the Diamondbacks. Just like they always do at the start of a season. So what the heck does that mean? That's a that's a not a very good team. Like I can't find when Kettle Marte is booting balls and going like one for fourteen. I can't find very much nice to say about the Diamondbacks. But nonetheless, some very interesting things to come out of uh, the series uh, that opened the season for the Padres. Where do you want to start? I guess we should start. They were basically one inning away from pretty much a perfect weekend. <laughs> I mean, obviously one big inning because it it led to a loss. But outside of that, I mean, I guess maybe if they had traded for a closer more than 12 hours before first pitch, they would have been prepared for that or something. I I don't know. But that's done. They lost the game. You can never complain about winning three out of four against anybody. Good team, bad team, whatever. I mean, we we talked a lot last year about how they weren't able to beat bad teams. Arizona was one of those teams. They look like they're going to be another – they're going to be bad – this year, but the Padres, you know, went in there. They won three out of four on the road. I, I don't think you, there's too much to uh, to complain about. So I, I think you have to start with the starting pitching. Yes. Uh, I, you know, we've never – you could say, oh, I've never seen anything like that, except in this case, you really never have. Um, <laughs> never seen anything like you, Darvish, and Sean Manaya the other night, or, the, you know, those two nights, back-to-back no-hitters, had no problem either night with when they were taken out, as you know – don't like to be terribly critical of managers and pitching coaches for when guys are used and not used. I think that's one thing we try to stay away from because we just don't have the information. It's easy to to sit there and say, oh, you know, Darvish could have thrown another inning or, you know, look how strong Mania looked or any of that kind of stuff. You know, none of us know. See, even with Joe Musgrove the other the night after that where he was in the 70s for pitches, we don't know. We don't know how many pitches they were supposed to throw. We don't know how they were feeling. So look, it seemed like those were about the right time for, for an opener to, to take guys out. And, you know, both times it, it landed in Tim Hill's lap and he didn't, he didn't handle it so well, but, but Hey, you know, he didn't give up any runs either. So uh, it wasn't a big, wasn't a big deal, but I think you have to start there. I mean, obviously a great move to pick up Manaya especially now with, you know, not only Clevenger out, but, you know, who knows how long Blake Snell's going to be out. Yeah, and by the me, way, Blake Snell's not pitching Friday. I can't believe he can say I'm pitching Friday. Uh, I'm going to be there Friday. I fully expect not to see Blake Snell. And I do want to see who pitches Friday, and I do hope that it's a certain left-hander. I don't see how it's not. Man, there's a lot there to start with. But um, I don't see how it's not Mackenzie Gore. I don't see any sort of service time manipulation. The Padres have never done that. Everyone knows. Everyone in that clubhouse knows that Mackenzie Gore is ready. And and that's I don't see how it's not Mackenzie Gore if Blake Snell can't go. Um, Now, to be, you know, to, 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 to have the whole story here, Blake Snell has had this thing with his adductor. He calls it a groin. That's what an adductor is, basically. Um, and, and and he's had it before. He has pitched through it. It's not really anything. It's more like a – I hate to use the word sensation, considering where it's at, but uh, it's more like a, some discomfort Easy down there. Easy now. 
Uh, it's more like some discomfort down there. Uh, and yesterday it was precautionary, but nonetheless, you don't mess around this early in the season. He couldn't pitch, and 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 so he's going to play catch today. I don't know what he'd have to do to convince them that he doesn't go on the IL. Remember, this month pitchers can still go on the ten day IL. Right, so right. put him down. You've got a, a a couple times that he can uh, throw, and and then he makes his first start. Uh, so yeah, the, the Shumanaya thing. It's like my gosh. I never even asked anyone, though it was in my my notebook, you know, keep an eye on it. I never even asked anybody, what are you going to do with all this starting pitching? Because I knew they were going to trade one and you never complain about too much starting pitching. Um, So that that Mania trade, absolutely. I I don't care what happens with Sean Mania. That was uh, amazing. Uh, Certainly great timing, but uh you know, they got themselves an innings eater. It was just, it was just absolutely what they needed to do. Um, but I do think you got to start with Blake Snell going down. Uh, mm-hmm. It was really interesting trying to get Joe Musgrove to talk about the promise of this starting staff. And by the way, when Joe Musgrove goes out and throws six uh, innings, allows two hits, or I mean, allows two runs, and we're talking about it being disappointing on the third game <laughs> of the season, that tells you how well it started. But what is the one thing that, that Joe Musgrove answered when talking about the promise uh, of this uh, rotation? He's bullish on it. Health, because of what they went through last year. And right. boom, the next day, Blake Snell can't make his start. So it's just, you know, let, let's, uh, let's keep an eye on it. Well, and then when we talked about it, you know, during spring training with all the, even before Manaya, it was like, oh, they have all this extra starting pitching. Uh, obviously, it was Paddock then. But uh, they had him. But still, you can never, as we saw last year, and we said it over and over, you can never have enough starting pitching. Um, you know, the first thing I, I thought of when uh, the Snell thing yesterday was weird because I had the game like on my sort of on the side screen because I was watching the Masters and and all of a sudden the bottom of the first came up and I and I looked up and there was a right-hander pitching. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Because I, I didn't have the sound on or anything. I didn't know what had happened. And uh, so then I started looking and then the first thing I thought of was, okay, his turn comes up Friday. Mackenzie Gore pitched Saturday night. It sure seems to set up for uh, a Mackenzie Gore debut on, on Friday night, assuming Blake Snell can't, uh, can't pitch. The other guy, and we didn't mention him. I, I just mentioned him in passing, but we can't forget is you Darvish because he, he wasn't completely sharp the other night. I mean, he did have four walks, I think only three strikeouts, but he looked a lot more like the U Darvish we saw the first half of last season, as opposed to the U Darvish who was obviously struggling, um, you know, with his health after that. And that's so big for this team. If he's going to go out there and pitch, look, he's not going to throw, you know, six no hit innings every night, but for him to go out there and pitch six or seven innings and allow a couple of runs or whatever it might be every, you know, every five days is that's, that's so big for this team. I mean, he is their top-of-the-rotation guy, yeah. I think. I think you would still consider him the, the top guy, uh, even over Manaya at this point, given his, given his history. But to have those two guys at the top, uh, and if you're going to have you know Joe Musgrove as well as he pitched last year and, and put him as, a, as say, the, the, quote, third starter, that's a pretty good group to, uh, to lead off with and, and, you know, and then see what happens. Clevenger and Snell, the biggest thing is going to be the health with both of those guys. 
Yeah, and and it, 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 they're just in a better they're be, they're in a better position right now. Mackenzie Gore was not pitching well last last year. Uh, some of the other depth that they had expected to have, heck, we're uh, we're already past the day where Adrian Morahone, uh, you know, had gone out and he had uh, Tommy John surgery about a, right. a, a week later. So they're in much better shape. But nonetheless, <laughs> we're four games in, and as Bob Melvin said. We don't have depth anymore, uh, or we don't have too many pitchers anymore. Right. Say. Well, and, exactly. and and they have Nick Martinez tonight, who we haven't seen at all. And yeah, let's uh, talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what to expect from Nick Martinez. You know, look, Robert Suarez looked great in spring training uh, as well as a guy who pitched in Japan last year. And Suarez was look, he was overwhelmed on Thursday night. I mean, you you, you hear guys talk about the moment being yeah. too big for yeah. someone. And on Thursday night, the moment was too big for him. He was he was better yesterday, um, you know, despite the one uh, bomb that he gave up to Walker. But Nick Martinez, I guess we'll have to see how he reacts tonight. It's a little different situation. He comes in from the start of the game. It's going to be certainly a, a cold night. I wouldn't expect a big crowd to be out there. You know, it doesn't seem like quite as much pressure as what Suarez went into, you know, on Thursday night, even with the Diamondbacks drawing only 35,000. That's uh, for their opener. That's still, I, I'm sure the atmosphere, and especially once he started struggling, the crowd started to get really get into it. And, you know, we'll see what, I don't know. You saw Martinez pitch all spring. I didn't. What What should we expect? He has four okay pitches, but that's the thing. <laughs> I'm telling you, there are four pitches that all spring he was throwing for strikes and around the zone and getting weak contact and, I mean, Four pitches. We talk about guys having four pitches. Like Nick Martinez legitimately threw four really good pitches. So that mm-hmm. makes him a, you know, a guy who has a chance to have a good start every time because hitters have to think about those four good pitches. This isn't Brian Mitchell. Uh, he seems to be better than Brian Mitchell from the start. You know, we're not like pumping him up like, man, that's one of the best curveballs I've seen. Oh, Boy, there's man. a blast from likes. the past there. Um, but, but Nick Martinez <laughs> appears to be legit. Like, like here we are saying again for the third straight year, and 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 gosh, Joe Musgrove essentially in the second half had to try to carry that rotation. But mm-hmm. we, we said at the beginning of last year, just like you just said, if if Joe if Joe Musgrove's your number three starter, that's a good rotation. I think going in, you can have some confidence if Nick Martinez is your number five starter. You know, now you you said it. I don't need to add any more. This will be his first start. Uh, he, no one that says like, Oh, Hey, I saw Nick Martinez. Oh, you saw him in 2016. No, you didn't see Nick Martinez. It's a different delivery. It's, it's more pitches. Uh, they're better pitches. Um, so this is a new guy coming, uh, you know, to pitch in the major leagues. And he's been here. I mean, the difference I guess is he's been here before. This is different than Suarez. He seems very comfortable in the big leagues. And so, um, and, and look, Martinez doesn't need to be Darvish or Mania. No. Uh, he doesn't have to be lights out every five days, but you would like to see a guy, you know, again, go six innings most of the time, maybe not tonight. It's his first start, but on a regular basis, if he goes six innings and he gives up, you know, two, three, four runs each, each time somewhere in there, that's what you need. But they, they need a guy that, that you can count on every five days to be, you know, to be out there and, and to just be decent uh at at this point and you know we'll get to the offense in a minute but i mean then you hope that they can they they come around uh, yeah you said two three four runs okay so they give up four and they're facing a good pitching staff which they are now yeah this offense has some questions 
Yeah, but he an average stinks. Again, I don't expect Martinez to to have a, a three point one ERA. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the Padres would love that, but you, they you have just to don't, score. You, they at some point they're going to have to do what they did yesterday and score some runs. Now, I have seen um, offense is down quite a bit around baseball for the first weekend. Incredibly, incredibly small, small sample size for all of this stuff. There's no. I, I don't think you can read anything into anything right now. We knew going in what the Padres issue was going to be, especially without Tatis and guys are going to have to, to pick up. I mean, Profar was a guy the first weekend who yep. came up and hit a couple of, of big home runs and uh, Alfaro, you know, came through and Austin Nola has, I think four hits and a few RBIs and Hosmer had some big hits. So Again, it's just going to have to go around and around, and get different guys are going to have to hit at different times. And exactly, and, and, Trent, and Trent Grisham can't keep taking strike three. You know, it's nice to be patient, but at some point, swing the bat. He's identified that. It's funny, you know, all last year, I'm no. like, Trent, you being too patient? Oh, Trent, you being too selective? No, no, no. This spring, hey, Trent, what's up? Hey, I was being too selective. <laughs> right um, and then you knew you knew it but and that's always how it happens a guy gets a little separation you get a new hitting coach all that but you know what right here in the beginning of the season he's obviously still getting his feet under him because yeah. uh that's exactly what's happening um it's funny you say you can't read in it you can't and like i'm all getting excited by how luke Voigt. you know uh, i'd like to maybe see him put a ball over the fence just because i'm really worried about those violent swings i think he needs to make some <laughs> contact um but, you know just to not hurt himself but uh his his uh, uh patience at the plate uh the way that he plays the game i really like it now Again, I got to remind myself, we're four games in. Let's see Luke Voigt keep that up and be healthy over time. Um, I think the home runs will come. They have his entire career. Um, you're, you're right. Like Eric Hosmer. All right, look, yes, I'm the chief defender of Eric Hosmer. Okay, great. The guy has started out hot now for the third straight season. You can't read right. anything into that. I'm yeah. having three really good games. You can't read into anything into anything. Ha-Sung Kim. Now, Late in spring and early here, Ha-Sung Kim just looks more comfortable. I still don't know that he has a major league swing to be anything more than a, you know, 220, 230 hitter, but he looks more comfortable. And clearly, late in spring and early here, that is helping him to have some more success at the plate. Yeah, and look, I, you know, the, the numbers were flashing by on the screen for anybody watching, but you know, there are some guys that didn't didn't do anything over the weekend offensively. Myers, Cronenworth, you know, Kim, uh, you know, those type of uh, Machado was just okay, although he didn't get a lot to hit. No, but he did not. You, you know, you cannot read anything. I mean, look, if they had lost three out of four over the weekend, I'm sure the world would have been ending for some folks. But you just can't read it, read too much into anything, not just now, but for a month, two months, whatever. Now we'll see trends develop as it as it goes, and you know right now there are a couple of guys that are that are you know not looking good. But you know a guy goes tonight, a, a guy goes three for four tonight, and all of a sudden instead of hitting one seventy six, he's hitting four twenty or whatever it is. So it's just way too early to look at anything like that. And and the same with the pitching. The good thing, as we've noted with the pitching though, is these guys have a track record a history, and to see mm-hmm. and to see Darvish, you know healthy and pitching like that and and to see that Manaya looks like the guy you thought they were you know they were going to get is always is always good to see and and he certainly has experience pitching against the Giants 
in the, the Bay Bridge series. So he'll be out there. I think it's Wednesday afternoon. Yep. Darvish, Darvish tomorrow night and Manaya on Wednesday, and that would leave Musgrove uh, for the home opener on Thursday. What a couple nights that'll be. Musgrove for the home opener and uh, Mackenzie Gore possibly for Friday. Wow. Uh, yeah. Jay, one thing we we will not do in the first two months of the season is dismiss the Giants as we and virtually everyone else, including <laughs> people who know a lot more than us. Uh, it's one thing that people just kept marveling about even in spring training is the Giants, baseball people I'm talking about. Like, right. That was they. That was out of nowhere as much as anyone can remember. Um, so they're up. They're a similar team. I think maybe their pitching got their their rotation. I don't know. I feel like it still is good. They, they got yeah. Rodon there. I mean, he looked incredible in spring. And um, so the Padres had three of the fourteen pitchers who have gone six innings in a game. So fourteen starters have gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, at least six innings in a game so far. Uh, Padres have three of them. The uh, Giants have two. Now the Padres, uh, the Padres only see one of them, uh, and, and that will be Logan Webb, who on the Giants right. opening day went six, gave up a run and five hits. Five hits. <laughs> He's not very. <laughs> uh, gave up five hits to the to the Marlins, but it'll be uh, Martinez against Alex Woods, uh, lefty tonight. It yep. will be you Darvish against Alex Cobb. I'll have to keep those straight. Um, yep. Guardians, Indians, Guardians, Indians. <laughs> You Darvish, uh, Alex Coppa tomorrow, and then Sean Manaya and Logan Webb. That's a really good matchup on Wednesday. Yeah, those. I mean, those the three guys the Giants are throwing out there are all good pitchers. Um, both Two of them Alex's. making their debut because they yeah. did not start until Friday. Right, right. Both Alex's are, have have pitched well in the uh, in the past. I just I know Wood is left-handed, Cobb is right-handed. Um, Wood is left-handed, so Cobb is right-handed. Can start with can start with that, but yeah, and it's always you know. Always interesting to see the Giants. I mean, they're I know their offense hasn't done hasn't done very much early on, but they still won two out of three. That's that's kind of what you expect out of them. They have the rookie that debuted, I think, yesterday in left field. So always uh, interested to see, you know, to see a guy who's supposed to be a big prospect. You bring up, Jay, what what uh, what the Padres need to do, and it's what Bob Melvin has talked about they need to do. They need to find ways to win, do just enough offensively, pitch well. Tatis is out. The Giants, that's what they do. I mean, I think Bob Melvin, like the in his, you know, part he's managed in parts of 18 seasons. I think that uh what the Giants did is like one of the most fascinating things he's ever seen. He just loves that. And mm-hmm. uh, we're different guy all the time. So uh whatever I'm not dismissing the Giants anymore. I'm, no, I'm certainly not this early. Certainly not this early. <laughs> I do think, you know, one thing we did not talk about because of course it it happened after we did our last podcast because there's always a move. There were two trades that were made after uh, after the last one. Victor Caratini uh, was sent off to Milwaukee. We certainly saw over the weekend, at least, why the Padres like uh, Jorge Alfaro. Um, and that was a great note you had today in the newsletter about Alfaro uh, be, being told that him and Chris Matt had made the, the first ever all-Columbian starting battery and – you could just see on even just reading on the screen, you could kind of picture the smile on his face. He was so I'm sure you saw. I was touched. I really was touched by That's really first cool. off, Nabil Chris Matt is one of the nicest human beings <laughs> ever. And I grade these guys on a curve. Now, relief pitchers are generally the nicest of the ball players, the most down to right. earth, right? Um, and uh, but these Nabil is phenomenal, and Jorge Alfaro is, is seems like a really jovial, fun guy too. But uh, that was very, very important to them uh, mm-hmm. the, to be. Look, there's only seven 
Colombian-born major leaguers right now. There have only been 28 in history. Uh, I don't know that any of us uh, can put them, ourselves in their, their place. That, that was really neat uh, what happened. Yeah, so that was cool. And then, obviously, the bigger trade was the, the opening opening morning, uh, I guess, early, as we both <laughs> Yes, <know>. it was. <laughs> it was uh, uh, coming together late, but, uh, you yeah. know, with, with uh, all those uh, rumors and reports out there, I think that uh, you didn't know that it was going to happen. Certainly didn't happen until after the Twins had had Taylor Rogers throw in the bullpen on Wednesday because their <laughs> game got, what, snowed out uh, yeah. for opening day. So it was like, all right, yeah, you can throw. And then he wasn't available on Thursday. Taylor Rogers, who was – I'm going to write about him today. Don't want to give it away at all. Um, but uh, – He's a closer, finally. Uh, we can be assured of that, uh, that yep. he is the Padres' closer. He will not. So Taylor Rogers, a left-handed pitcher, uh, his twin brother, a uh, right-handed pitcher, relief pitcher for the Giants. Um, and, and that's what Taylor Rogers said. The first thing he thought about was, oh, I get to see my brother more. Well, his brother's wife is having a baby. Taylor Rogers, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Taylor Rogers broke the news that Tyler Rogers is on maternity <laughs> leave this week. So he won't be able right. to see his brother right away. But uh, uh, that's he, is, he's an interesting guy. And I'll tell you what, um, he had a nine pitch save and a 10 pitch save. Now, they were the probably least stressful type of saves up by three runs in the ninth inning. If you're a closer, you should probably be able to come in and, and uh, nail that down. Uh, some good defensive plays behind him by Jake Cronenworth and, uh, the second night and uh, CJ Abrams. We haven't talked about the first night. Right. Um, so yeah, that there's another move, right? Like all spring you're like Robert Suarez. Okay. Emilio Pagan. Okay. Are they going to do this? Like, are they, they have, they have this left fielder they need. They might want some starting pitching. How are they going to swing for a closer? And then boom, got that closer. Well, remember I asked you, would you be comfortable if, if the first night of the season, they went out with a one run lead in the ninth inning and Robert Suarez was on the mound. So, you know, fortunately we got our answer the first, uh, the first night, but Taylor Rogers is a legit, Legit guy, lefty power pitcher, uh, and uh, certainly needed at the if if you if you are of the mind that you need one closer uh, and you don't want to do it by committee, he's a guy that can close and he's going to get out lefties and righties, and uh, and certainly has anyway. Now they you know the issue of I think he's a free agent after the year. Uh, Manaya is a free agent after the year. So the you know the couple other pitchers are free agents after the, the year. Musgrove, so, yeah. Uh, so this is uh, uh, and Clevenger as well. So this is this is a a sort of win a win now mentality for sure. Uh, and so it just sort of ratchets up the uh, the pressure, if you will, that that this is a year where the Padres need to do well. And uh, and, and said off to a good start for whatever four games uh, is worth, but. The Rodgers deal, I mean, they gave up Paddock. They gave up Pagan. Um, I think there's another player that's supposed to be heading out, right? Yes. Be named later, but they also gained uh, $6 million in cash to help with the payroll as well. So we'll see if that pays dividends, down, pardon the pun, down the line in being able to acquire, you know, somebody maybe in June or July. Yeah, I think that that's almost uh, without question at some time, maybe even sooner than that, That, uh, but before the deadline, that that's something the Padres are sort of, that A.J. Preller is sort of like, yeah, I mean, why, why, why wouldn't I? Uh, but, right, right. But that, of, of course, there's, uh, look, 
Uh, there's a reason you got to catch your DHing, right? Uh, there's a reason that, uh, you know, when Hosmer's on the uh, bench, he's your biggest bat on the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, it's not a, it's not a very deep team, uh, especially. No, but I. I'll teach junior out, but, and, and right. so let's, let's do our last thing and I'll segue. Into no, wait, I, I, hold on. Right. I want to jump real quick. Cause you mentioned Nola DHing. I, I like the idea of Bob Melvin leading off Nola, having Nola as a DH batting him second. Nola hits left. I mean, his record is he hits lefties. If he's going to hit lefties and he's going to have an on base percentage, I think his career is around 375 uh, against lefties. Why shouldn't he be hitting higher in the order as a catcher? You know, this isn't the the days of Ricky Henderson, you know, leading off and and stealing second and bunning him to third and that or stealing third or whatever. You know, you don't need to worry so much about that anymore. Nola's not pokey. Uh, I mean, he's not fast, but. I, I don't have any problem hitting him high in the order like that. He should be getting more at bats, and I, I like uh, uh, I like that idea. The only the, almost the only move I really questioned, and I don't know whether there were two. Trent Grisham bunted uh, with a runner at second the other night, and nobody out. And C.J. Abrams did not bunt with a runner at second, and I just found that it seemed kind of backwards. Especially, I almost had a bigger problem with Grisham bunting than anything because he was facing a right-handed pitcher. And that's a guy he's Trent Grisham should be, either, I mean, he should be swinging the bat. He should be either getting the guy over getting a hit, that sort of thing. I didn't like that. That um, I didn't so ask much. about Jay. And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if that was just Trent Grisham being Trent I wouldn't Grisham either. at that point. I wouldn't either. And, uh, but Bob Melvin had absolutely no interest in bunting CJ Abrams there, uh, feeling like that they had a chance to score multiple runs. He liked that. Uh, what he did want at the very worst is CJ Abrams to get uh, the, the runner over, which he should have done. And to your point that perhaps, but again, that's just on me. I mean, Bob Melvin wanted no part of bunting. I think your that's point great. is it was CJ Abrams, a rookie did not have a hit yet. He was facing a pitcher who did exploit him in that situation. Yeah. Um, and so that that's, I think why you were leaning toward the bunt in that situation. Yeah. Cause I mean, look, there's, there's not many people hate the bunt more than I do. And it's very rare that I would ever call for it, but that was one time where I could see it. And I understand why Melvin, I understand his thinking exactly. Cause that's my thinking all the time. Don't bunt because you're taking, you know, you're costing yourself possibly a big inning. But that makes the Grisham bunt even worse. Yeah. Is that in that situation that he was that he was doing that? But anyway, since we did mention Abrams, um, yeah, what, let's wrap uh, it up. Yeah, w- wrap it up with with him. And the one thing I'll just say is, to me, he did not look overmatched. Certainly not. I mean, I wouldn't have not, I wouldn't have expected him to look overmatched in the field. But at the plate, I mean, I think he's all, he's one of nine or one of ten or whatever he is. But he doesn't look hopeless up there as somebody you know, who, who should be in probably in triple A, maybe even double A at the moment. And not saying he won't be back there at some point, but he did not look overmatched at the plate. He hit, a, he hit a couple balls. Well, they had him played up the middle and that's where he hit the ball, but you know, and he certainly looked great in the field. So for, if you can tell anything from four games, 
he, he looks the part anyway. Did you, I think you summed up what you can tell from four games, throw in spring training and you, you know, it was, it's obvious to anyone who talks to him, who watches him in drills, watches him interact with players, watches him play. He has an immense amount of confidence. I think Bob Melvin has, I've called it his sixth tool. Bob Melvin has called it his best tool is that his uh, belief in himself. Well, here's why belief in yourself matters. If you have the other five tools, <laughs> you and I could go in there and fool ourselves into thinking right. we, but if if you're C.J. Abrams and you actually believe that at 21, 76 games into your professional career, none above double A, that you belong here, well, then that makes your five tools better. I, I mean, look, like you said, he's got one hit in the field. He looks like he owns the place. And mm-hmm. and, and I think that's a that's a big deal. Yeah. No, I, I, I see no reason why what they're doing with him and Kim won't continue, you know, for the foreseeable future right now. Yep. I'm very fascinated by Hassan Kim. I still, I mean, I'll always preface this. I'm not a scout. I'm not a coach. I ask a lot of questions. I watch, I have to watch video 40 times that, you know, Michael Berdar and these players can watch once or twice, but I still don't have any idea how he is hitting the ball and, and actually looking better because he looks like the same guy, except for he he's a little bit quicker and he's confident. And yeah. heck, again, there we go with confidence. Like maybe that's a, a big part of it. He he learned from uh, the year. Um, yeah. I I, I want to tell. I think one of the best stories of spring is what Jeff Sanders did on Ha Sung Kim. Look up that. Uh, uh, he got some good stuff from Ha Sung. Look up that story. I thought that was really interesting. Okay, Jay, here we go. Three, and then I I'm, I'm coming home. I'm finally out of Arizona, which is phenomenal. So welcome back to California, Kevin. When I'm complaining about the 80 mile an hour wind and the cold uh, tonight, um, that I'm finally out of Arizona. You should have seen the amount of guys the last two days. It was like it finally caught up with people in the front office, players, the the Sudafed that was being passed out, and the just, Arizona wears you out. Yep, yep, yeah. They can you can you can have it. Um, anyway, enjoy the uh, the three up there. We will not be able to do this before the home opener on Thursday so uh, everyone enjoy enjoy that if you're heading out there and we will back, be back with you on Friday morning maybe Mackenzie Gorday talk to you later let's hope <laughs> <laughs>